Hi, this is Carla McNeil from Butterfly Networking. You're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Act Local Marketing for Small Business, Episode 153. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, episode 153. I am the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. On every episode of Act Local Marketing, I share a strategy with you. I call today's takeaway, where you get one action item you can walk away with now to implement and grow your business. I also invite guest experts to help you with your business. And today we have an entrepreneur who has some very handy advice to multiply your marketing. So stay tuned. Do you remember the 80-20 rule? It's also known as the Pareto Principle. I think I pronounced that right, Pareto Principle. It applies to so many things and absolutely applies to your marketing efforts. You'll very likely uh, discover when you use the 80-20 rule. You will very likely discover if you sat down to analyze your customer base that 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers. That's the way the 80-20 rule works, that 80% of the bulk of something is generated by just 20%. Like if you have a sales force, if you have 10 people in your sales force, chances are that 80% of the volume of the sales that happens comes from just two people in the sales force. And the other 80%, the other eight people make up the other 20%. See, that's the 80-20 rule. So let's get to today's takeaway. I promised you an action item that you could walk away with that's going to help you grow your business. So here you go. This is a quick and easy takeaway today. Create a spreadsheet of your top 20% in sales revenue, your, your sales over the past 18 months that make up the top 20% of revenue and cross match it to the actual customers or customer personas that generated that revenue. The cool thing about being the boss of you is you may decide that the top 10% of revenue is enough data or that you need 25 to 30% instead. Whatever works is fine. 80-20 is a really good rule of thumb, though, if you're, if you're not certain where this data is going to lead you. So having said that, with that customer list that represents the top 20%, give or take, 
of your revenue during the previous 18 months, analyze which months were better, what marketing efforts happened that month, how long between the marketing effort and the actual sale. Give yourself some real hard data to contemplate and then tweak this year's marketing calendar based on your actual results over the past 18 months. Do more of what worked and less of what did not. And you can even take this exercise further and apply it to more and more of your database. You can cull your customer list. What customers created the bottom 20%, for example, of revenue? And what attracted that bottom 20% to you? Maybe it's time to throw out some efforts or some of your marketing campaigns if the value to you is far less than the effort it took to gain that customer in the first place. You are better off spending that time on bringing more top 20% clients to your door, especially now that you can identify exactly who they are or what kind of persona, customer persona they fit. Drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I can help you point, or I can help you point, I can't help you point, but I can point you in the right direction for more resources. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn. Find me in social media so that I can get to know you better. And please tell your social media followers about Act Local Marketing. Subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review in iTunes. Those reviews are really important, whether you are an author or a podcaster uh, your restaurant owner, a salon owner, the reviews that you receive online go a long way towards helping other people know what kind of business owner you are and what kind of help you can give them. So please consider doing that for me. And it's time for a short break, but when we return, my guest Kevin Donlin is here and he's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. Act Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out 
Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.com. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And I have a great guest here today that I'm excited to introduce you to. Please welcome Kevin Donlan. He has been called an accidental pioneer of online marketing, having sold one of the first ebooks on Usenet. Is that how you pronounce that? Usenet. Yeah, Usenet. Correct. Usenet in 1994. Mm-hmm. From 95 to 98, he was webmaster for FedEx.com, where he worked with the pioneers of online marketing. Since then, he's written or been a a co-author of four books and been a marketing advisor for clients big and small, delivering sales gains of more than a million dollars on multiple occasions with online marketing and direct mail. He's been interviewed by ABC Television, Fox and NBC, CBS Radio in LA and New York, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Fortune Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. The list is very, very long, so I'll stop there. He's the author of, I mentioned author or co-author of four books, but I think he has a fifth book coming out, an upcoming book called Marketing Multipliers. And he's here today just like we do every week here on Act Local Marketing, sharing some of the best tips to help you grow your business. That's what this podcast is all about. So Kevin Donlin, welcome to Act Local Marketing. Hi, Kaylin. Thanks for having me. It's terrific to be here. Now, was I right about that? Your fifth book is called Marketing Multipliers? Correct. Yeah, I was looking at the bio I sent you. I managed to repeat myself. It was The information was so good, I included it twice. Yeah, the hey. fifth one is Marketing Multipliers. will be out uh, later this year. Okay, cool. So uh, I gave people a you know a little bio, but I'm I'm interested. Webmaster of FedEx, give me a little more of your entrepreneurial journey. I, I really like to collect them when I meet a guest for the first time. So give us a little more. Yeah, happy to do so. I've actually known I was going to work for myself since about the third grade. That's just the year I decided I wanted to be a kind of Thomas Edison of sorts. I didn't know what I wanted to invent, but I knew I wanted to work uh, by myself in a laboratory and and build stuff. And so that's what I do today. I build marketing tools for people. So I've always been unemployable, but during that brief window in the 90s when I worked for other people, um, FedEx was the number one client for a marketing communications firm I used to work for down in Minneapolis. And they needed help with this thing called a website. It was this new thing. <laughs> new fangled thing. New yeah. deal. And prior to that, the reason I got the job for this agency, by the way, I submitted a resume and it had an email address on it. And they had never seen one. This was uh, early 1995. And they said, you've got an email address. You're, you're the man for us. So they brought me in. And they had this client, FedEx, who had this website, and they needed help answering the emails. At that time, they were deluged with emails from customers. I think they got six a day uh, from people tracking packages on the website. The website had six pages, too. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is easy. So it took me about 20 minutes a day to, to help answer the emails for FedEx because they just offloaded the project. 
And fast forward by the end of 1998, I had two people working full time for me. We were answering hundreds of emails a day wow. from all over the world. And it was just fun. Those are the, the, I say I was an accidental pioneer. The, the people I worked for at FedEx were true pioneers. Yeah. And it was, it was heady days. So it was a lot of fun. And I just learned a ton. Uh, it was just a privilege to work with them. I can imagine. I, I heard a story once, and I don't know if it's true. I might have I might have read it. Someone might have told me. But it's the, the origin story of FedEx that, that the gentleman, I think it was a gentleman. Fred who, Smith. Who invented FedEx, right? He wrote a paper. Mm-hmm. in college and got it back and said start over this or he failed <laughs> you know this will never work kind of thing and it was his idea for fedex is that true yeah, it was fred smith yeah he was at yale it's an apocryphal story to tell you the truth i don't think it actually happened but the story is you got to see on it because the professor said it'll never work and um that one i never could nail down to tell you the truth i'm embarrassed that i don't know for sure but i do know that a lot of the stories that are just seat of the pants the first early years of fedex after they launched in 1973 i know that he had to fly to vegas and play blackjack over an entire weekend to win enough money to make payroll on one <laughs> that instance. i haven't that, heard yeah uh, I, and listeners we don't recommend that okay you definitely know don't do this um, at home yeah, the, the whole thing about FedEx, too, is they uh, a lot of the early successes were due to stories of heroic service. We're getting off script here, but it's worth noting that people, you know, delivering the package on time was, you know, you're expected to do that. But one of the employees at FedEx actually chartered a helicopter and flew a, a wedding dress to a wedding to make it in time for the woman. They lost thousands of dollars chartering a helicopter, for crying out loud. But the PR they got was worth millions of dollars. So sure. It's just, uh, it's funny what people remember and what people talk about. It's often completely uh, ancillary to what they paid for. And that's just the funny thing about marketing. <laughs> I love hearing those stories, though. The, mm-hmm. That's that's part of what makes marketing fun. So we want to help some of our small business owners. That's, that's who listens to this particular podcast is small business owners, a lot of local business owners, you know, the people mm-hmm. who own uh, own businesses on Main Street USA, as I like to say. So what are some common mistakes that in all of your wisdom and experience you've seen business owners make with their marketing? I think there are two mistakes I see over and over. Uh, I'll try to address them briefly. One is just having no system or daily ritual. People are winging it every day. They turn on the computer, they turn on the lights, unlock the front door, and they're making it up as they go along. Mm. So what you should always be looking to do, and by the way, FedEx is a success because it runs on systems. Every successful business, whether it's one location or a thousand and one, they all run on systems. So start systematizing what you're doing. It can be as easy as having a checklist. That's right. the lowest cost, uh, no tech solution. Yeah, the Whatever. word system sometimes scares people. Exactly. Don't, don't let it be scary. It can it can just be, a, like you said, an itemized list. Do the Call a, it B, a ritual. Yeah. Exactly. A checklist. But you wouldn't fly in a plane if the pilot was sitting in the cockpit playing free cell on his laptop. You want to see a guy in there using a checklist. And they still do. Pilots of you know, multi-million dollar planes. It's sure. a piece of paper. So what worked, you know, just start compiling what brought in business yesterday. Do that again tomorrow. Put it on a checklist. For me, I've got a a marketing checklist I follow every morning and every afternoon. In about 15 minutes each time, I do about a half dozen different things. And it's just I know I'm going to do them. And you can never trust your memory. No pilot trusts his or her memory. No surgeon. They all have checklists, and that's for a reason. So that's the first one is checklists, basically. Um, Number two is trying to do everything 
online. And I know that your listeners are, you know, and I am too into social media, email. That's fine. The internet's a beautiful thing. If it weren't for the internet, I would be uh, assistant fry cook at a McDonald's in suburban Minneapolis. So the internet <laughs> made my whole career. Having said that, at the end of every digital strategy or digital tool, there's an analog human being and you got to reach that person um, personally. Sure. <laughs> and what you should be thinking of doing is how fast can I take this online relationship offline? How quickly and cost effectively can I go online, offline and vice versa? If you're in a store on main street, how quickly and cost effectively can you take that relationship that you're building in person and take it online when you, it's kind of a feedback loop. If you can take an online, offline and offline online, you get people where they live and how they prefer to be communicated with. But at the end of the day, if you're the, the most important thing is if you're running a business and you're heavily or entirely relying on email or social media, you're totally at the mercy of other people because you don't own your Twitter followers. Twitter does. You don't own your Facebook fans. Facebook does. And you don't even own your email. You know, the NSA can be snooping on that <laughs> or you could lose your email account and have it deleted or locked out or hacked. So the sooner you can get offline and make yourself tangible, the faster you can grow your business. It could be as simple as a phone call or a thank you note or a postcard. Again, this is not multi-million dollar stuff, but the idea is invaluable to you. And it's really try to get tangible as quickly as you can and as, uh, and just don't let anything stop you. Keep innovating and keep trying to do it. I, I can tell you, for example, that you and I are having this conversation. I track all my marketing. So I submitted a form on your website. Would you like me to tell you some specifics here? Sure. I submitted a form on your website on April 28th and I heard nothing. So then I sent you an email on May 3rd and on May 4th, I heard back and we booked this appearance. Now, next on my checklist of items to do is going to be a paper email, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, followed by another email and probably right after that, a phone call or another paper email. But I've got a checklist that I run through and it's online and offline combined. That's where you get synergy and a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, that, that's good advice. I think once people got very excited about online marketing and continued to uh, do more and more and more of it and try and spend more time learning about it, they forgot about how to have actual personal interactions with mm -hmm. one another. And think how lovely it is when you get a card or you get something unexpected the old-fashioned way that we really – put a lot of value on that because it's the unexpected now right so it is yeah these, these are important things to remember in your marketing it doesn't have to be brain science absolutely so i know the new book is called marketing multipliers so you have to tell us what the heck are marketing multipliers? <laughs> it's a very good question well the the concept has its roots in the military history actually i need to go back to 480 BC, if you don't mind. Oh my um, goodness! Okay. Let's go back way before the internet. And 480 BC was the Battle of Thermopylae. That's when 300 mm -hmm. Spartans, right. if you've seen the movie 300, right. by uh, by most accounts they battled more than 100,000 Persians. I like the number 150,000 because 300 Spartans were able to hold off 150,000 Persians for two days. That's 500 times their number. They beat them back for two days. They did that because they made a very smart decision. They chose to, de to defend a very narrow stretch of ground um, and force the Persians to file in and pretty much fight one-on-one -on -one for two full days. So the numerical advantage 
of the Persians was completely canceled out. Now, where am I going with this? Well, what they did was the Spartans used what's called a force multiplier in military terms. A force multiplier is anything that you add to a fighting force that significantly increases its power. So if you mm -hmm. if you defend uh, the high ground or narrow ground, as the Spartans did, you have a force multiplier. Okay. If you have better training, better morale, better weapons, you have a force multiplier. So a guy with a bazooka is equal to, you know, a thousand of Napoleon's um, troops from 200 years ago. It's a okay. force multiplier. Right. So uh, related to that is a marketing multiplier. This is defined as anything you add to your marketing that significantly increases its power. And these are typically small, trivial changes to your marketing, low cost, even no cost, but they can make your competitors irrelevant no matter how big they are, just how the Spartans were able to make the, the Persians' numbers irrelevant. So I'm going to share a couple of those today. I can go for a couple hours, actually, but we're <laughs> going to limit ourselves. But I've, I've just always been fascinated by little things that can tip the scales in your favor and... Um, if you don't have any further questions, I can just dive right into the no, first no, one. No, it's an like. interesting analogy. Now I'm curious to know uh, to know some examples of how and I can be one of the 300 because those yes, guys were, were rocking it. They were cool. They had uh, washboard abs, but yes. that's beyond the scope of this uh, <laughs> podcast. But let's talk about, I alluded to one earlier, it's called a paper email. So this is pretty much, it's direct mail for dummies. And I'm not going to insult anybody's intelligence. You can call it direct mail for super busy entrepreneurs. But basically, uh, this is perfect for anyone uh, who's sick of having their emails ignored. If you're trying to email prospects and no one's opening your emails, well, that's fine. This is an opportunity. All you do is you print the email and you mail it to them. <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing. I mean, yeah, how hard is oh. that? Now, here's the deal. There are some requirements. You need to know, of course, their mailing address. So you want to have a database. And if you don't have a database, you want to start collecting, you know, names and mailing addresses. That ought to be available for almost any business. Your high value prospects, you ought to be able to find their mailing addresses. Not all prospects are created equal. And, you know, you just need mailing addresses at the end of the day. But if you can get them, you simply print the email and you can introduce the email by the paper email with a headline, I often do, it says paper email at the top. And the opening sentence is, why did I send you this paper email question mark? It's because I had a message I want to make absolutely positively sure I got past your spam filter, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and then you just yeah. print the email that you just sent them. Now I can tell you, uh, I get interviewed by podcasters this way because this is about the third step in my sequence. If I'm trying to reach someone, they get a paper email from me. And I just had one of my marketing multipliers members who's in Australia, actually. He's, in, he's a lawyer over there. He sent me an email this morning saying it worked. I printed the, the email and mailed it to a client. And here's their response. And he got a sale off of it. So it works all over the world, anywhere uh, that people send direct mail. So have fun with it. I originally invented it by accident, as a lot of my best ideas have come. I wanted to send a message to Seth Godin, the the, the famous marketer. Right, right. It's about six years ago. I saw him speak at a conference, and I I said, well, I could email him, but everyone's going to email him. So I just was writing an email, and I decided to just print the thing. And at the top, I wrote paper email, and I signed it and mailed it to him. And then he called me back about wow. a week later, and he said and he was in his car, I could tell. He said, Kevin, I want to thank you for the super nice note. I uh, just want to let you know that I got it. So that was cool. I go, oh, that's interesting. So I've been doing it off and on ever since. And I can tell you that very few people get these. And if they get them, it's probably because they heard, you know, one of my interviews or they're working with right. one of my clients. Right. 
but it's just the easiest thing in the world. It's a, it's an email that you print and you mail and it gets opened about 90% of the time. Sure. As long clever. as you hand address the thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's dead simple, but it's, I'm it's made some... I'm thinking of a client right now I could do that with who after it's the fun. initial phone call has been ignoring, you know, the reach out and, and touch, keep in touch emails. There you go. Yeah. So I'm you can print it. And if you want to get really super involved, you can put a post-it note at the top that says, you know, Kaylin, take a look and please reply. I mean, a post-it note is another, this is off of our script here, but a post-it note is a marketing multiplier because if you include one at the top of a um, sales letter, it's proven to increase the responses as much as 20, 50, even 100% or more because it's just different. Well, it's just an eye-catching thing. It's a post-it note. And especially if you personalize it, with a handwritten message. Of course, you can't do a thousand of these yeah. uh, if you're a small business, but for your high value prospects, people that you really want to reach, um, this is super easy and cost effective sure. and you can Use do them the in small batches. Rule, right? Precisely. You know? Yeah. Okay. So Kevin, the paper email is just a little bit of genius, which means I want to know some more. You have other examples? I do. Um, I've got, so you tell me which way we want to go with this. So I've got something called the unproposal. It's for anyone who sends out price quotes and, mm-hmm. uh, or bids. Is that going to resonate with your audience? Do you yes. Think? Yes. Okay. Some of them, especially uh, service providers who have to write proposals. Excellent. Yeah. So this is, again, this costs you exactly $0. So the paper email, oh, oh, sue me, it costs 50 cents. Sorry, but this is cost you nothing. If you're mailing out or sending proposals, this is a brain dead simple way to increase your conversions. So whatever, however many people are saying yes to your proposals now, you can expect it to increase easily 20 to 25%. If you do it, I'm going to tell you here. Okay. First, it's got two parts, actually three. Part one is never call it a proposal again. Don't call it a bid. Don't call it a quote. Don't call it a, a, a price estimate for crying out loud because that's commodity language. The way people buy uh, get bids. And anytime you've ever done this, if you've gone to find a carpenter or an accountant or a carpet cleaner, you get three prices and you choose one in the middle. That's typically how people do it. Right. And if you get three prices, they're all submitted with things that say price quote or estimate. So just call it something else. Call it a project outline, call it a game plan, call it a blueprint, call okay. it a vision, call it something else. Because if I'm holding two price quotes and one project summary, then I don't know how to compare you with these other people. So you are in your own category. So it's a simple naming convention is part one. Part two is to name your proposal. I'm calling it an unproposal now. So name your unproposal after the prospect. Name it after the person. This is a cool trick. It really can change everything for you. It's at no cost because there's substantial research that shows we're most likely to relate to others with whom we share personal characteristics and the psychologists have found that we're especially positive about people who share the same name as ourselves, even the, the same initial. So you're, I'm liking you because your letter, your name starts with a K like mine. That's right. just subconsciously, I just can't avoid it. Kaylin and Kevin were, we could be best buds someday, but it's empirically shown that, for example, when there's, when people are donating to hurricanes and there's a telethon, you know, Hurricane Katrina, right. And more people, more donations come from people with the same name, the letter K, for example, oh, disproportionate an amount okay. of donations come from Kelly's and Kathy's and Karen's if it's about Hurricane right. Katrina. Right. And this goes on and on. There are more people are likely to be 
dentists who have a first name that starts with a D. So if your name is Dennis, you're statistically more likely to become a dentist than someone whose first name is Xavier or right. Frank. So it goes on <laughs> and on. So the the upshot of this is don't call it, you know, price quote, call it the Kalin price, um, call it the Kalin blueprint or the, the, the Kalin game plan. Name it after the person that you're trying to sell it to because right. okay. if you say no to that price estimate, that pro- unproposal, in essence, you're saying no to yourself. It's a little bit of psychological jujitsu. And people want to say yes to things that have to do with themselves. So if you name it after the prospect, they are statistically, and I've proven this, you know, in my own business, I don't have 20 years of results, but I'm very happy with my conversion ratios. Let me tell you, if you name it after the prospect, statistically, they're more likely to say yes to it because they don't want to say no to themselves. And, you know, compare that. Uh, the Kalin blueprint with price quote or job right. estimate. You're just going to oh, look more Oh, the psychology of that is so interesting. And, I, and I'm just envisioning all the different kinds of businesses that deal with people in their homes. You know, you were talking about carpet mm-hmm. cleaning or uh, remodeling or any of that stuff. And and the the price quote, which is essentially the proposal or the price quote, is, is called instead the Donlan family renovation blueprint. Bingo. Right. It's, suddenly that's really, really. That's all about me. Document, it's like that old right? Dr. Seuss book, the my book about me. You love that book yeah. as a kid. And it's the same principle. You don't want to say no yeah. to the Kaylin Amadeo. There's so Amadeo. much psychology yeah. behind uh, marketing. It fascinates me. And okay. so that's fun. And then part three is just dead simple print and deliver the thing either in person or by FedEx and you are home free because most people are remember we're talking about people who like to use the internet most of your competitors are going to email that price quote as a PDF file right Um, they might print and hand it over if they're meeting in person but they certainly won't send it FedEx Uh, I do this every day in my business when I'm sending price uh i don't call them price quotes or unproposals but i do this in my own business i've counseled people who paid me many thousands of dollars to show them how to do this it absolutely increases conversions because again if i've got two price quotes that come in as pdf and one is delivered as a fedex mm-hmm. and i'm not a stockholder in fedex by the way i just happen to like no, but it shows the the importance that they're placing on you as a customer they're not just dropping it in your mailbox or sending it via email you know the cheap way they spent money to get you that proposal bingo because it mattered yeah it's changes so these little three things in concert uh, they can really change the game and that's how an unproposal works and you'll never be unhappy with the results you get I, i just promise you okay that's really cool can you tell us just one more Yes, let's do one more real quick. I call it the media switch technique. So it kind of ties into everything we're talking about here. If you're doing something well online, take it offline. If you're doing something well offline, take it online. Bigger than that, if you're doing something by phone, you know, transcribe your message and start mailing the thing. Transcribe your message and get it uh, onto your website. I had a client who was buying homes from distressed property owners in California and it was very labor intensive. Um, he had to go meet with each person or he would have to talk to them on the phone for 30 or 45 minutes because it's a very emotionally involved sale. It's typically a house that's been in the family for 20 years and suddenly mom died and I need to sell this thing. So 
just a whole bunch of emotionally messy things. But what I did with this client, we'll call him Ryan. I interviewed him by phone for about 45 minutes. I said, Ryan, you know, sell me on why I should uh, sell you my house. Just give me your best thing on the phone. And so we did that. It's a very good uh, sales pitch he gave me by phone. Well, I simply transcribed the thing. I edited it. I did a lot of research. It didn't fall, you know, onto the paper perfectly. But at the end of the day, he is now north of a million dollars richer. It's been going close to three years now. He no longer meets with people. He he closes the sales almost entirely by fax or phone. He never has to meet people. And it's because we did this media switch. We took something that worked well by phone and we converted it into a 16-page sales letter. So that's the opportunity for anybody in any business. Whatever is working for you really well right now, just ask yourself, what's one more medium that I can roll this out into? And there's always going to be another one. If it's audio, it can be video. If it's video, it could be written. If it's written, it could be a a video sales letter. There's always another medium you can use. And it's just a screaming opportunity. People just miss this because you're, you're very close to the action. But as someone, you know, coming from the outside, I can just see these things just by, you know, virtue of my different viewpoint. And without having to reinvent the wheel, you know, you talk about, you know, video becoming audio and audio being transcribed into words and, and the reverse, you know, of the whole process. So mm-hmm. you're not spending um, tons of time writing different copy and the kind of stuff that uh, people who aren't into marketing, like you are and like I am, uh, it you know gives them a great deal of pause because they they think it's all very very hard. But that's a that's a good idea, media switch technique. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, so yeah. Kevin, where can people find you if they want to work with you or they want to learn more or pick up your books? Yeah, that would be. I'd be happy to help folks. I, I created uh, the Marketing Multipliers website. It's a, it's a service for, for small business owners. Typically, if you're selling a service, this works especially well for you. But folks can visit uh, www.marketingmultipliers.com, and you can request a free trial box of 11 tools. They come out to you in a box. I'm very big on tangible stuff. And if you like it, uh, you'll get a box every month. It's sort of like Dollar Shave Club for entrepreneurs, <laughs> except uh, instead of razor blades in a box, you get uh, more clients and bigger paychecks. So that's there the way I've go. developed marketing multipliers. And if you've got a business and you want more clients, I invite you to visit www.marketingmultipliers.com. Very cool. And you know, people, when I always tell you this, if you're on the treadmill or you're driving and you weren't able to write that down, there's never a worry because if you go over to the website, actlocalmarketing.com, and you look up this particular episode, you could, you know, there's a search bar there. You can look up marketing multipliers or you could look up uh, Kevin, any of the words that would bring up this particular episode then we'll include that link so that you don't have to worry about the fact that you couldn't write it down. I never want people to get off the treadmill <laughs> if, that, if that's where they're at right now. Multitask, I want them to, yeah. I want them to finish that, uh, that run or that walk knowing that uh, they can always come back and get that link. So, Kevin Donlin, it was great meeting you today. Thank you, Kaylin. It's my pleasure. I really look forward to talking to you again soon. I'm glad that you could make time for us. And those of you listening, you know, on Tuesday afternoons around, I think it's 1 p.m., Eastern time, sometimes it's 2 p.m., I lose track, we always give you a new episode of Act Local Marketing for Small Business so that you can do uh, these simple things to move your business at least one step further 
into prosperity because that's what I really want for you. So until next time, I would very much like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.